0: Hey, what's up? This is Matthew with Wheel Talk Seattle. And Colin. Yo, what's and, up, guys? And Reed Olofson. And our oh, guest, Reed. Hey friends. Awesome. We're here to talk about a project you two have been working on. Uh Reed, you've been you made a a comic,
1: graphic novel. Sure. Is it okay to call it a comic? It is okay to call it a comic. I I think as I get old, I lean more into that term. I feel like uh, especially in the early aughts, like the term, people just start... When comics became cool again or acceptable, I feel like the term graphic novel got a little pretentious. But yeah, comics is uh, sequential storytelling with art. So yeah, I I lean in pretty hard to comics. That's the term.
0: Good. All right. Well, Comics
1: then. And the,
0: the, the
1: title is... I'm blanking. <laughs> it's Riders in a Mink Cage. The uh, yeah. I don't blame you. The um, My handwriting is chicken scratch. Um, and I intentionally got a little off the rails in writing it uh, on the front cover there. Yeah,
2: very, okay. yeah, oh, yeah, no. a, little, a little bit of rough there, maybe. Yeah, Reed and I have been working on this awesome comic. It's been great to work out. We did uh, some video collaboration and um, it happened to have some bikes as some of the storylines, so. Of course, we got into it, shared it with Matthew, and um, here we are. You want to tell us a little bit about what what we're doing here? What's going on?
1: Well, I shared the comic with you, and I was thinking about... I've been working on this project for, if I'm being honest, about five years now. Um, and eventually, it was like, I need to, I need to bring this thing to life. Um, I've had it in different forms of finished for way too long. And when it came time to making, I was like, okay, how am I gonna bring it to life? Well, I'll do Kickstarter. And then it was like, well, how am I, go on. You just
2: reminded me, uh, back it up. I met you at a coffee shop and uh, yeah, you've so, just been scribbling away, doodling and-
1: Yeah, we'll, 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 yeah, yeah. we'll backpedal all the way. Um, yeah. yeah, we met at a coffee shop cause we, have a, we had a mutual friend working um, next door at a bike shop and then we just started hanging out um going on bike rides living talking about li- bikes talking about bikes um, taking pictures of bikes <laughs> living the seattle dream you know cranksgiving 2019 cranksgiving yes yes um and we found out
2: about your involvement with the bikery mm-hmm, uh, yeah we we'll talk a little bit about that on this show
1: yeah uh, wait,
2: well i guess let's start there what, what do you do with the bikery
1: I found the bikery in 2016. Um, the bikery is on Hiawatha Street in Seattle. It's a 100% volunteer run nonprofit bicycle shop, bicycle kitchen. It's a sliding scale uh, education center, so no one's ever turned away. And you can come there and work on your bike. It's a fully stocked shop, and we have all the tools you need. We also take donations and we build up bikes to sell them to uh, people for below market prices. Awesome. Oh yeah.
0: I've been there. It is definitely below market prices, but you can find (laughs) just about anything there.
1: I mean, we'll have, we'll have some gyms occasionally that will, you know, mark up, you know, we got to make rent too, but uh, yeah. Um, You know, trying, trying to not have burner bikes in there, but, you know, they show up every every spring, regardless.
0: Yeah, last time I
1: was there, I asked
0: if we could uh, cut a tandem bike in half, and we were this close
1: <laughs> to doing it too. Oh yeah, yeah. I rem- I do remember that that one. Yes. Um, we've had a few tandem donations from time to time, but I think that one was particularly janky.
2: Did yeah. Did you ride that one, Matt, or did did Reed take that one for a spin? I can't remember.
0: I think we tried to take it for a spin and oh,
2: okay. it did not seem safe. <laughs> not roadworthy. That's fair. Not yet. Cool. Thanks for telling us about the bikery. Um, so fast forward a couple, couple more steps. We've been riding, riding around for a year and, uh, and you've told me about this, this comic book that was on online in digital copy and, um, uh, bringing things to life and and in the spirit of well tell us about the message like i think it's super cool and um and i think matt's gonna love it uh bikes and friends and yeah let, let's just let's fucking dive into it yeah uh
1: farms farms bikes and glory the uh <laughs> story is a I've been told to use the term semi-autobiographical, although it kind of feels a little weak off the tongue. It's like, I feel it's more of um, lived experiences uh, thrown into a blender set on high. It's um, about, yeah, three friends focusing on the main character, Riley, and their adventures uh, returning back to the East Coast after walking away from their first big farm project. It's about leaning in on friendships and riding your bikes around uh, to stay mentally healthy when everything feels like garbage. Um, It's about climate grief. Uh, It's about growing up. Uh, It's about heavy feels. You know, this is why you and I worked so hard on the uh, trailer and uh, a lot of friends gave me some really, really valuable insight into how to write the elevator pitch um I can feel myself stumbling right now because like it's it 's my story i'm i'm so in it
2: yeah
1: uh you know I can easily miss the the forest through the trees so another reason why it was really great to you know work with you on this project um to to make something that was um Digestible for everyone.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, and Ghost Teeth, we uh, you reached out mm-hmm. to them and got permission to use their song. Local Seattle bikey rockers and
1: bikey punk rockers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just I was, um, yeah. Their album came out what two time, man. Okay, two years ago. Whenever I don't know, but it came mm-hmm. out, and I was like, right by the time it came out, I was like thinking like, what would be a good musical choice for for the Kickstarter and for a minute, for as a placeholder, I had against me's uh, joy in my head because it's also a short song. Um, but then I heard "Shoot the Moon," and it was just like, "This is perfect." Like, I the whole point is, I want to work with my friends, and this is. The, and I think that had <clears throat> the there is like an equivocation of like, how literal do I want to be with the music? But there is, the, I really like, like we talked about, I mean, there's the space theme that we all love, but the mm-hmm. feeling of like burning up on re-entry of like having some life experiences that, that at least for the moment afterwards, like you still feel like the residual effects of, and it, it makes you, uh, real life doesn't register the same way. you you feel like kind of out of touch and you're trying to search for what, that new normal is as you settle in. And that's kind of what mm-hmm. at least book one is about, I think um, most succinctly is like settling back into something that's uncomfortable and trying, scrambling to like find some, some sense of steady and comfort. Um, and they use the bikes to do that.
0: I was going to ask about that, how your relationship with bikes kind of comes through and your comic
1: Bikes are fun and bikes, uh, bikes provide a lot of uh, like that pow and visual, um, draw that, that comics offer. I think like, so I grew up reading comics, love, love comics. Um, I think like growing up reading Spider-Man, I think you're attracted to it for like, the human form and like the body doing these like amazing feats um that and you don't think you really contemplate as a kid the like sometimes ultra violence that's involved um Mm -hmm. but and i did those weren't i love superhero stories much of my um morality is is based on them but i those aren't the stories that i wanted to tell i've seen that movie before so to speak um, but I think, you know, again, lived experiences, but also I think bicycles, bicycles are kind of the superpower. They, they give you the ability to like move quickly, um, and, and see the world differently. And again, they're like, there's this sweet spot of like, there's this, like, there's this like super elegant machinery that like humans built. So, and there's like a classical element of it. So it's like, it's like cars, but the engine is you so it's in my mind far more interesting of a story to tell um yeah i think this the it, it's just like it just i think the bicycle begs the the best parts of ourselves and it's just a really cool way to be in the world and um literally it's like it was just a cool vehicle to use to tell a story
2: yeah so kind of yeah. along those lines um it's an ultra. I mean, you rode right across the country yourself and have gone on multiple bike tours for multiple days and weeks at a time. And that's mm-hmm. something I've been dreaming of and have accomplished a few times and overnights and a couple day trips. But how does that, and I've seen, you know, re, going through chapter one, that's, that's a huge part, you know, the, the journey and it, the time is in, in define, is not really defined in between, in between stops and, you know, doing some short tours. I kind of, there's a, um, it evoked that feeling of like timelessness when you're on the bike and uh and then the healing power of the machine i suppose
1: totally in some uh, ways. yeah you're right there is uh especially chapter one um there's like discussions about time and memory and yes particularly what draws me like i ride a bike through seattle day in day out because it's fun but like particularly i think one reason i've been bike touring now for like 10 years plus is that the when you like moving through the world on a bike um it like when you're just in the journey it's like uh it's not that like the the weekly 24-hour structure that we have is wrong but it's like it's it's good to check out of that and experience time in like a different way um and i've never i haven't had that happen in another means of travel. So For sure. another reason I keep coming back to the bike. Yeah.
0: Cool. Oh, I wanted to check in. I, you know, I, I don't see bikes very much in say like mainstream entertainment or arts, mm-hmm. but mostly in like uh, independent producers of entertainment or art. Now, why do you think that is? Why do you think uh, it's still like an underground thing? If it is, like you're saying, it is. Because even when I put on my helmet and get it on the saddle, I do feel like I do have like a cape. I feel super awesome. I like yeah. think about how my bike looks, <laughs> I feel more powerful on it. How oh, come more people, I don't know, why others don't like uh, make more art and entertainment that it has
1: within them? great question um to the extent that i'm equipped to like properly answer that i don't know how far do you want to go back in history i mean um you guys uh, i'm going to plug uh the artist she was based in seattle the artist tessa halls um who you should definitely have on your podcast at some point another fantastic artist um who has done a lot of writing presentation on bikes Uh, she's given a talk through BikeWorks um and swift about particularly the bike's impact on like women's empowerment and freedom throughout history. But circling back to your question. Yeah. Um, you know, how, I think there's most simply there's just been more money put to put to advertising cars. Um, as a cultural touchstone. And, you know, I, I'm certainly down to go after the narratives, but like, I think ideas of like, you know, if if you, it's, it just was never equated with the idea of success. Um, you know, uh, I'm going to address, it, again, lived experiences, I'll address in like further issues of this story, but like I have literally been pulled over in the middle of a Vermont winter, and asked by strangers, like, "Why are you doing this? Like, do you have a DUI?" Which is an incredibly strange, inappropriate way to like open a conversation with a stranger. But it was that like, like, like if you're not, there's still, I think, our, I don't, th- that narrative it kind of falls apart in Seattle, but there's still like, there's still like, it's you know, whether or not we believe it, it's still in, um, it's still in us, and I think people do wonder, like, well just get a job and get a car, hippie, um, which, you know, is reductive and boring, but, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's why. Um, uh, maybe just... so.
0: I, when I was at the short run, I look out for bike comics uh, and uh, mm-hmm. I'll find at least one a year for sure. I think it, it is, it is more like, I don't know, more people need to experience it, but also like a diverse Voices need to be like, I don't know. Experiencing it too.
1: I think I think the the bicycle. Uh, and you're right. It it is really exciting, particularly going to short run and every year seeing more and more artists uh, incorporating the bike in storytelling. I think it's, you know, um, I think mo- like people older than us of bikes and they think of like the tour or it's like a racing thing it's it's not uh an egalitarian tool that you use for day in day out living it's not part of it's not necessary for living um whereas like you know if you took my bike away i'd be like you know cold and naked in the woods just useless Mm -hmm. um yeah it's really it's really cool and i think also what's cool at short run is to see you know artists that don't look like me Writing and drawing about their experiences on bicycles. For sure. For sure.
2: That's uh, that's interesting. I moved to Seattle about ten years ago from uh, the middle of the country, and um, that's it's kind of it resonates with me. That like, when you have a DUI, that, that <laughs> I've heard that a right? few times, and it, and it is a lot better here in Seattle. Um, the people are more tolerant. Uh, the extension of that, I think, is what do you mean you ride your bike everywhere? Do you have a driver's license or, you know, you? And, I, and I've, I've taught myself, I like, no, I do have a, dri-, you know, volunteering that no, I have a driver's license. I drive sometimes I prefer to get around this way. There's really no reason not to get around this way. And before we didn't, we, you know, we, did, we had to stay inside. The traffic was nuts. Like it was the best way to get around. I mean, transit's pretty good, but like <sighs> the bike yeah. was it most, uh, <laughs> Uh, most consistent anyway and I like I value consistency over speed for sure
1: (laughs) and often you are faster anyways
2: exactly exactly and those are the those are the bonus points (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: yeah when I was you know living uh in the northeast um this is the first city I've ever lived in um you know I could see I understood that like okay if I'm going to be biking like 10 or 16 miles one way to a job back and forth like this is this is me this like I clearly love cycling so that's something me I don't expect everyone to do it and there are mm-hmm. you know obviously very clear barriers as to why not everyone rides their bike in the city but when I moved to Seattle and like saw the traffic and gridlock myself then it was that really does beg the question like why doesn't everyone ride their bike this looks terrible um mm-hmm. And yeah, we try to address some of those problems of uh, access to biking, bicycling at the bike rate. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, there are there are good forces at work, but yeah, it 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 does. Um, yeah, Seattle traffic is nuts, and mm-hmm. we're not. We as a government are not doing enough to deal with it, um, and. Especially now that there are less cars in the road, it's now is now's the time now more than ever. yeah, get a bike if you can
2: it's a, it's a tangentially related infrastructure question. Do you have a favorite greenway or bike route in Seattle? Well, maybe maybe one of each because greenways <laughs> and bike routes are maybe not mutually exclusive
1: I Hmm. hmm. I'm at, so I'm Beacon Hill. So the Chief South Trail yeah. is gorgeous. Um, you know, even on a semi-cloudy day, you can kind of catch glimpses of Rainier. And uh, especially for bike touring, I appreciate it as a easy way to like head south and you know, south around the lake or just get out of the city towards um, the big mountains. Um, so that's that's pretty special to me. Um, yeah, what about you guys? Have the newest you this been- one that's
0: built, I like that one. The most
1: the newest <laughs> one that's built oh yeah
0: which
2: one is it <laughs> I'll
0: probably right now is like fourth avenue actually it's not
1: my favorite but it's <laughs> still pretty nice you know now that it's brand new the one they built on dearborn two years ago mm-hmm. uh was much appreciated i could especially could be uh in the international district and grab some noodles and then quite uh with great peace of mind and safety ride up towards the bikery. Yeah. Yeah. That goes right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And I yeah. think they recently refreshed the intersections underneath I five too, to make them more safe and have dedicated bike lights as well. which is Phenomenal. Thank you. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, peace of mind is a top factor for me for, um, for like the common routes that I take and, uh, I just moved to Capitol Hill recently, and I'm finding out which side streets are the least bumpy with the least amount of elevation gain. So that's that's been my jam for the last couple months.
0: You live on the side of a hill, and you're looking for least elevation gain. That's, I'm <laughs> look, okay, funny. let me clarify. I'm
2: looking for trolley routes. I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, looking yeah. for railroad grade. I'm looking for non cobblestones. Um, <laughs> that's fair. Okay, fair, fair. All right. Got a few. It's, it's
1: good. You know, even before I I moved here, people were telling me about the trolleys and like the Hills. And it's like, I can't imagine why people would ride their bike in Seattle with all the Hills. It's crazy. But, you know, I, I've talked to, you know, enough people, at least just my own experience, uh, my own sample size of talking to people about biking who are just even like, you know, mildly interested. It's, it's, it's not the hills. It's, it's the I don't feel safe part. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I've definitely thought about, you know, I've thought about like the conditions that, you know, I'm certainly a product of my parents and who are adventurous. Um, and I got to grow, grow up riding a bike, but, you know, I've been, I've been, I grew up in an area that was safe to walk and ride a bike. And I think about how much that impacted my or informed my sense of adventure. What was, what was safe or what I could do. And I had, I had some, uh, you know, those big aha moments, particularly biking around in the Southern States, uh, Florida, I'm going to hate on you a little bit right now. Um, you know, these, these areas that, I mean, Florida should be like a biking Mecca. It's, it's flat as a pancake and you can wear a t-shirt all year round and it's fine. Um, But, you know, I almost was killed twice in one week in Miami on a bike, you know, Um, and whether it's like infrastructure or just like culture, you know, I've had I've had people occasionally try to run me off the road, like not seriously, but like just, you know, veer veer their cars just like way too close. And and you know, they're doing it. I like doing like this. And it's like, that's not really cool because I'm just flesh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. you know, I think there's there's the physical infrastructure, but there's the there's also the, the cultural zeitgeist um, of like, do I do cyclists belong to be on the road? Are roads for more than just cars? Like these are bigger questions, and that's why you know I appreciated biking in Vermont and upstate New York, because even though there were not you know designated bike lanes, there I think there wasn't understanding that roads for everyone and and that just gave me a sense of safety that was you know very much appreciated and i yeah i mentioned that a little bit in the comic there's um there's definitely uh, a car of younger privileged kids that harass the riders um in and out and that it's definitely like that is i'm not i'm not making that stuff up. That stuff has all happened to me and us, you know, multiple times. Um, and I think it's like a an, an important piece to tell um, in in the story of like cycling in this country right now. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Have you yeah, even in the uh, title? I think. Oh, have you guys felt safer or like what's, or have you felt, how has your sense of safety changed since you guys lived in Seattle? As, as people Ooh. who communicate on two wheels.
2: Great question. Turning the questions think, back at you guys. I think my quick answer for that is I realized or became aware of, um a few things at first i realized i knew how to ride a bike and i was pretty okay at it however sure. i hadn't done it forever and i was really it, it was a lot scarier than i remember in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um it was also motivating in a sense like um like i i could actually do this like i want to get to that level of being able to ride in traffic and and i, I think it, you described it that sense of adventure and that like Mm-hmm. well, this is hard, but this is going to be fun if I keep trying it. And it's going to be, you know, yeah, best way to get around town. I just, there were enough benefits and it's like, I can see how this can come together and, you know, you just keep working at it. And then that's mm-hmm. you get to this certain point where I realized, well, I am more fearless than a lot of people. And yeah. how do we, you know, where mm-hmm. do we make decisions and how do we align to the, Yeah. It's super it was interesting seeing both sides of
1: that side. Yeah. That and coin. I'm super glad you're able to push through and hit, hit that like that point of comfort. But like you can I can you can see or like, you know, I've definitely been in areas. I remember biking through Florida and being like, How do you learn to ride a bike here? And it's like the answer mm-hmm. is like you don't. Mm-hmm. You don't. Like I think it's like that might add answer more to the question of like your Matt, your earlier question of like why are why are cars portrayed more in 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 film and media is just because, like, you know, at least now we, that's, you know, our understanding of of film and media relies on, on like, shared experiences, and the bike is a less shared experience, um, Hmm. perhaps, than, you know, a car.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. So independent, like, I guess, underground, independent, like, uh, producers, or creators of art are it's because uh, with, with cycling in regard is because cycling is more underground than anything else. Like, like you in some places yeah. you're not even meant to go anywhere by bike. Like no. if you are, you go onto the sidewalk and some
1: places it's even illegal to ride on the sidewalk. Yeah. You shouldn't ride on the sidewalk. You shouldn't have to ride on the sidewalk, but yes, <laughs> I've, I've, I've yeah. been there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh um, yeah. man. Yeah. You know, I feel
0: I've definitely seen a change here in Seattle. Once you see, uh, I think, uh, like, you know, parents riding their kids in their on their cargo bike around. That's like a signal to everybody like, hey, you know, everybody's riding their bike around. At least a lot of people are. All kinds of people are. So chill out. You know, you don't want to hit your coworker and then on your way to work. Yeah. Yeah. Or the person you're going to see in class that day. Mm-hmm. so it's definitely changed here but I think also like Colin was saying I don't know if it's just me or I've just gotten more confident slash reckless and I'm not as worried anymore
1: <laughs> there, there's still part of me there's part of me that like I there are moments you know there are moments I just want to you know get from point A to point B and and go home and take a nap but like there and there are days like I want to send it and it wild and crazy and and th- those are all really important but i think yeah um i forget i'm i'm blanking on her name but she is or was the the planner in new york city for bike infrastructure and like yeah their metric of success was like our families riding their bikes you know mm-hmm. are the people with most to lose using this form of transportation i think what, that's a very good and telling you know metric to look at um uh, and I think, especially now when most, more people are using their bikes, I think, I feel in general, the trail etiquette's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah, I remember being on the trail first riding
0: around, not without, without a light. And oh, no. I was not, I was <laughs> not yeah. Well, <laughs> it's gotten it's gotten better. Uh, at least when people don't have lights, you know, I know not to yell something at them because maybe they don't have a light. <laughs> maybe they don't have Maybe they can't buy a light. Maybe they don't know. They've never bought a light before.
1: I, I think uh, in a city with with so much wealth inequality, that's a really important point, point. Um, and, and it's a reason I feel you know pretty. Even though the bike rate needs to make rent, I I feel very compelled to like keep prices um, as low as possible because we're a nonprofit and we don't get the big bank bonus, bonus payouts. But like, yeah, if you like, if you know. If you know you like biking, then four or five hundred dollars, it might be worth it for a part or a, a bike. But like, there are a lot of people that like, maybe I want to try this out. But like, I can't afford lights. Nonetheless, like, I'm not sure if I want a bike. Like, that's a lot of my paycheck. Yeah, I think um, it's the same reason I have mixed feelings, but generally, I'm not not pro mandatory helmet laws um yeah neither am I. yeah, yeah. And it's it's good to see cascade uh bicycle club retract there they advocated for the the law now i think yeah. they're working to to repeal it so
2: that's news to me that's pretty cool
1: it may have been on the dl whoops i don't know but Anyhow yeah. the point the
2: point we'll is keep an eye out
1: for yeah I'll keep an eye out. but in general yeah I think the, these barriers to access um it is i think I think it just goes to think about like you know we all carry stories and instead of like especially when you know you know I mean you all are familiar with the term cagers and the idea of like when you're in a car like you are you're in your own little protective bubble but like i i do like you know when when you're on a trail like yeah etiquette matters more because we're not we're not protected by metal and like we're passing by each other and they might be our neighbors and we we make eye contact and there's this very like human to human interaction which is you know should be a a positive thing in a city i mean we got to be careful with that now which is why we're on a zoom call but like yeah Mm. instead of being like oh why is this person being inconsiderate and doesn't have their lights well like maybe they can't afford lights Mm -hmm. um or maybe they're
2: riding on the sidewalk well because there isn't a bike lane nearby because there isn't a bike lane (laughs)
1: or maybe they just had a really long day and Mm -hmm. forgot to charge their lights last night i think um there i think the the vulnerability of cycling can more often than not knock on wood be Oh, means of like expanding your patience and compassion for people. Here's to her. Sure. Yeah.
2: yeah. Thank you. And the, uh, the helmet law kind of reminded me of something and you're asking what I've learned. And the helmet's a great, uh, prop for the, for illustrating something I've learned and it's for safety. I grew up and I had to wear a helmet when I was biking. That was not the law, but it was required in my family. And I hated every minute of it because <laughs> no, none of my friends on the block And you know, I got made fun of merciless. Oh, years. you know, and I just told the story about how terrified I was when I realized I wasn't as good at riding a bike as I thought I was when I wanted to start it up again. So a helmet mm-hmm. was my safety net. And, you know, then I hit this point of realization where I am more confident I'm like, well, I don't need a and helmet because I'm more, you know, confidence is safer that I don't, you know. Mm-hmm. you have a couple of close encounters and then you realize that it's not for your, you know, it's not because of your skills. It's to prevent, you know, and it's not because of any stinking law either, because yeah, there's way too many, it just creates way too many barriers and obstacles and um, puts yeah. the cyclist at fault in case, you know, in the event they couldn't afford a helmet and they, yes, you know, we'll leave it there. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. You should wear a helmet if you can, but it should not be the only thing. Did you guys see, I could probably dig it up because we should. Have, if I'm going to talk about it, we should link to it. But uh, someone shared a video, maybe future crystals on Instagram, about there was a, do you see this, the, the real change? Per, the yes. person for real change was hit in yeah. Soto. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what you just said, like the, the, I mean, the body cams and the footage, it's like, I'm going to have to be careful. I'm going to get real wound up. But like, just the way they, they in, immediately tried to blame the writer for the accident, uh, and, like, did they have a helmet? Is this bike stolen? I'm just like, ACAP, fuck you, buddy. This is why we hate you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a lot. Um, it was
2: terrible. I haven't seen the video yet. I was uh, in a triggered state of mind when I read it, and I, I'm I'm almost there, but it's, it's going to make your blood boil. So yeah, um, and that's what I was afraid of. So I'm like, I need to chill for a second and think about it <laughs> before I watch this. Um, but yeah, it's. Oh, God. Uh, we'll link to that. We'll, I'll find the link and make sure that we link to that when we broadcast or uh, put this up. So, yeah. Timely. Thank you, know, you.
0: I went on a tweet storm that night because of that video. It was terrible. <laughs> 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 yeah. I just sent emails to representatives after that. I'm like, this is BS, you guys. Obvious. Like, so many levels of that video were wrong, just assuming the bike was stolen, That's that, that, blaming that, that's, it yeah. on a person. And then what what was just like, it was like, first thing the officer asked, were they well on a helmet?
1: Literally like first and a half. How about about this operator of like a ton and a half of steel just hit a fellow human being? I don't know. Yeah. Forest through the trees. Um, Yeah. I was, yeah, speaking of, you know, uh, man. I go back and forth. I use Soto uh to go back and forth down to to Georgetown. Um and that's the an area that I would love to see more bike paths. I like biking on 6. Uh, I mm-hmm. found that to be the the safest. Is, that the greenway? is it? I mean, if it is, it kind of like,
2: winds through or if it and it might not be clearly marked, but I'd kind of through those neighborhoody
1: areas and... once once you go over the bridge into Georgetown cause it gets cut off by, by, by the train tracks. So, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and you go over the bridge and then dip to your heading South, you dip to your, you're right. Then yeah, it, yeah, it goes through neighborhoods and it's, and it's really nice. Um, yeah. But going from the, uh, international district through Soto there's, uh, I found it to be a, the best road and just like the least sketchy, um, there are enough stop signs, and it's, uh, yeah, you can't get going too fast, and there's still enough space for, like, all the semis. And
2: mm-hmm. truck traffic's a big concern. And yeah, that kind of plays into our fearless rider thing in, in some senses. Like, it, it's, it's interesting how we individually gauge these routes, it's, and it's fun to talk about. So mm-hmm. that, that's cool. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to get ideas of, like, how can we pull our, um, if we could rank these routes and we could provide different data to the city because
1: that'd be a fun that'd be fun like ranking like a here.
2: social experiment <laughs> rank your right well I mean Strava does that or I don't know I don't use those apps I can't I can never remember to start it before I start my writing,
1: and I write mm-hmm. a lot and i I'm glad things like Strava exist I guess same. But cool. it's really, it's, yeah, I think that's kind of, like, cool. Like, I don't know. I had, God, God bless him. And he was a, he was a good, strong rider. But like, I had someone ask me once, um, in regards to like my bike history, like, what's my resume which just mm. hit me all kinds of the wrong way. And it was, it was, it was a cringing moment. Um, it just felt, I mean, it's again, it's like, uh, so much of like how I think how we're conditioned to like express our affection or excitement for something, an activity is to like commodify it and be like, and also like I don't know. I think we're also just so conditioned to living online that like we post all these
2: greatest like, achievements look, look, and
1: yeah. yeah, look at look at this rider right it did. It's like woo, cool, wow. Um, mm-hmm. And I, it's, it's weird. Cause I, I, and maybe I grew up, um, on a fairly aggressive sports team. And I think I, I grew up riding a bike my whole life, but I think when I hit my twenties, I like really started to lean in on the bicycle was I wanted an outlet to like use my body and have fun. And like, I'm just a little tired of measuring myself all the damn time. So, uh, hmm. I, myself just, I roll left and right people want to talk about those metrics it's like, well, cool. I have a peanut butter sandwich. You want to go to, <laughs> Like, you know, <laughs> that's just, yeah. And I love doing, I also like, I love just like getting brave and crazy and writing all day and all night. Um, but probably I'm going to, I'm going to pull up the photo cause I want, I, uh, we'll put it in the description. Cause like, it's it's a, I should really have my wallet just to like show people all the time, but it's uh, the craziest tour I ever went on in terms of like miles. We averaged probably a hundred miles a day when I biked out here with a friend from college and it was not the best gear. It was like, you know, kitty litter boxes and just, you know, things held together with shoestrings literally. Uh, but, you know, at the, at the end of the day, again, going back to like Strava or just measuring things in gear and what's most important, like it's, it's your heart, not your gear, you know, like the gear is important. Cause like inherently like you are, you need a bike to, to ride a bicycle and that is important. Uh, and you should have brakes and good tires, but you know, um, as a wise sage once told me, all bikes are good. Um, that's, I, I think about that a lot.
2: Cool. Do you, yeah. you, so you have the picture? Do you, can you like hold up the picture or something if you have it with you?
1: Yeah. If I send it to you, can you throw it up on the, uh, let me see if I can do this. It's a great picture. It's, we were, my buddy Drew, shout out to Drew, he was, we crossed, we were just riding up, heading north, we came up from Taos, following the Pecos River, and we just crossed into Chicago, no, sorry, whoa, 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 brain fart, just crossed into Colorado, words, crossed into Colorado, and it was, um, it was super epic, Um, one of the, better pictures that I've ever taken but I think in especially in the age of like bikepacking and Instagram bike culture it's like I don't have the platform to like push back against that and it's cool yeah gear wow flashy things woo mm-hmm. but I think that these are like things that are more subtly expressed in minkage is yeah like, it's your heart, not your gear, guys. Um, I think something Matt and I have related
2: to is, like, you don't need uh, a, certain exor- or a certain gear to exercise. You can exercise in whatever you want. Like Exactly. Yeah, I totally get right. it. Love it.
1: Again, challenging these, like, you know, narratives of, like, what is a barrier to mm-hmm. forever? Lots of not. bungee cords. Yeah. Bungee yeah, cords what, for what life. You?
2: A bungee corded a milk crate to the back of a rack and you know, for my first, or for Matt and I's first overnight. I mean, I realized quickly that that wasn't the best way to go about it, but it was a lot of fun and it worked. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, you just learn so much. I don't know. I feel like you learn so much every time that you do it. And it's even more exciting, like getting ready for, you know, once the first, it's like, oh, that was fun. Uh, I can't wait for the next one because I'm going to do 100,000 things different. It's going to be even more fun. And I don't know. It's just, there's just something about it. It just keeps poking. Okay, I'm getting yeah, close. Yeah. Thanks for your patience. Getting there? No worries.
1: Yeah. I'm yes. doing it with others too. That's the best. What is it? Let's see. All right, all right. Should I send it? It's on Instagram. Should I send it to Wheel Talk or to Colin? Which, can you, uh,
2: just Can you text it to me? Yeah, okay. Hold on. Because I got iMessage pulled out. Let's see if we can pull this off. Thanks, audience.
1: just one moment. you ever done
0: any solo touring
1: yeah. yeah 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 I I love I love me some solo touring um, they're both really special I think you know I think the the ones I've done with with friends are more memorable because it you have you know someone to bounce memories back and forth and, and inside jokes and that's really important to me but yeah solo touring. Is, is a blast. Um, for uh, my birthday gift to myself, for my 30th, I um, solo rode from, I took the bus to North Bend uh, east of Seattle and rode out to Boise, Idaho to paint a mural on, uh, at Freak Alley um, it was so much fun. I have, yeah. You, yeah, it's really important to have a lone time, um, especially especially in the woods with your bicycle. Yeah. You in Freak Alley. Freak oh, Alley, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. That's showing up. Oh, That's, I can see it. Can you guys see it? Yeah, let me spotlight this real quick. It's just a really, it's a, it's a beautiful picture. Um, Yeah. Wait,
2: that's you? No, that's my buddy Drew.
1: That's my buddy Drew. But um, that bike he's on is probably from the seventies. Nice. Um, There's just so much great, everything about this picture is just like, oh man, I want to cry. It's so beautiful. Um, He's got stickers on the cat litter box from places we'd, we'd already traveled it's like there are bungee cords there's an inner tube holding it on that we went to a hardware store and got a shower rack like a shower um rack that holds like soap that you put on the bicycle rack there's like a ratty uh sleeping pad and i don't even know what the other uh, the other thing the other thing might actually be more of the shower rack on the other on the Okay. The viewers. Oh, the viewers oh. the, viewer, the viewers left side. Oh, yeah. it's like a
0: shower caddy, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's the word for it. But and and yeah, no clips. Um just just dropping hammers on this <laughs> big, beautiful, expansive western road into the Colorado Rockies.
2: That's
1: yeah, be, yeah,
0: those Rockies don't look uh, very uh how was it going through those? It was
1: we did um it was it was fine. It was, it was, we did notice a, uh, you know, we were, we were pretty excited and chatty that day. And I do remember once we got, you know, around 9,000, 10,000 feet, we, we started talking less. <laughs> yeah. As the air was thin. <laughs> a little short of breath. Yeah, yeah, a little short of <laughs> breath. Um, uh, but we did, we did go up and over uh, Rocky Mountain National Park in that tour. Not that day, but in that tour. I think that's the highest oh, paved road in the country.
2: Um, What did you do for shelter? I didn't see a tent or anything.
1: I was carrying the tent. Oh, okay. Um, okay. He was not carrying all the gear, but like you- Share the load, yes. (laughs) Share the load. Um, But yeah, just to go back to like, I had this great moment, like talking to uh, an elderly man who was a coworker with my mom back in, going back to that first question about like, You know, sometimes, if you do when you do want to do something, and that you like your mind sometimes will just instead of like constructively problem solving, you just put up speed bumps, roadblocks in your mind about, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? And it's just like, well, maybe just do something smaller, and it it can be done. Um, We were talking about like, you know, you you can bike four seasons in in the Northeast or. In Seattle, you know, you just, there is some gear that is really important, the like, like lights or warm clothes or, you fenders. know, fenders, shout out to fenders. Yep. But, but yeah, I think, yeah, I just look at this photo and just think about how much like grit and, and just like really intense woo energy is in it. And yeah, you know, um, sure maybe it was harder but i i think i don't think he had any i probably he probably had more fun than than most people you know i've i've seen on a bicycle um Mm -hmm. and yeah at some point i guess i'd start to yeah i guess i just always have a desire if i see people running in one direction i just want to run the other way but like it's really cool how people are getting and gathering and talking about bikes online but in some ways it's just like one eye roll for me after the next. It's like, wow, that... Cool, you have a $1,000, multi-thousand-dollar bike with, and hardware that you took way into the woods. Cool. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, right. This, yeah, yeah. So your your novel is not about, like, racing or about co- competition, about
1: being the best or about improvement. It's about... Or... Su- it's about... It's, it's more about, like... Yeah. Pushing it. And I'm more interested. What I like about the bike is there's even with friends, it's a lot of you time and I'm more interested in like the spaces travel in your, in your brain than like on the road, you know, you don't have to go, you don't have to bike across the country to have like really intense, powerful experiences, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think it's really amazing and cool that for better for worse like we live on a continent where like at least for us i can travel borders don't virtually don't exist like i can go we live in this collective of sovereign states and i can cross the borders and no people take will take my money and speak my language and no one asks why i'm there i mean unless i'm sometimes on a bicycle people ask why you're there and I understand there's a lot of privilege to be able to say that, but it's, you know, you, and if you can fight for the time off to, to take those experiences, then, you know, by all means do it, but you can, you know, I think, you know, I've had some of the coolest experiences I've had is, is, is waking up in like not the most glorious places, like waking up, you know, behind a shopping center or like in a playground uh, or, you know, in a, in, you know, buildings that are falling apart. Um, I think that's what mint cage is more about and finding like beauty and like a lot of purpose and meaning in that, um, you don't have to, uh, traverse the biggest, baddest, most Instagrammable thing to like have one hell of a time with your friends. So true. That's so true.
2: What was that? Do you want to? Should we take a look at
1: this trailer? Have we not even watched <laughs> the trailer yet? Well, we just we just <laughs> we, we, we just been riffing. I I watched it. <laughs> what is time? this is
2: a different media, media. No, no, no yeah, no, no. let's w- <laughs> let's watch it
1: together. I love that.
2: Let's watch it together, and then uh, and then we'll, and I think we'll be about ready to wrap up. And
1: yeah,
2: cool. All right, let's. Uh, All right. focus. Spotlight.
1: Have you ever felt the ground evaporate from underneath you and free falling feels normal? Riders in a Mink Cage tells the story of Riley, who is trying to find peace in a reality which feels increasingly slipping off the rails. With his two best friends and their bicycles, they set off in search of a new normal. Six years post the Great Recession, jobs are hard to come by and a sense of steady even harder. The story fiercely begs us to lean into our closest friendships through the more difficult chapters in our lives. Olson combines atmospheric artwork with a complex yet accessible storytelling style to create a thoroughly engaging book. The goal of this Kickstarter is to print book one on hemp paper in the United States. lost cosmonauts on Russian postage stands like Vonnegut said out on the edge you can see all kinds of things you can't see from the center Woo. Dude, I'm excited to get
0: my copy I've already what you... is, is, is... yeah I've pledged Thank you. I'm expecting a signed copy. You will get a signed copy. Awesome.
2: Cool. Oh, yeah. And, uh, the, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, say tell us tell us the deets. Like when when does the singer up operate? And where are you at? Like, I mean, we already know. I already know where you're at because we
1: are seventy over seventy five percent funded. Uh, twenty two hundred goal. Uh, we got seven or eight days left. So. Over the halfway point, but uh, creeping in on the finish line. Um, Yeah. Got to get – want to send a shout-out to my sweetheart, Jess, for helping with that that elevator pitch. Um, And big shout-out to you, Colin, and both y'all for doing this podcast. This has been a lot of fun and a dream of mine ever since uh, I saw you guys uh, interview the – safe 35th folks um it was cool to see that on the screen with y'all um and yeah uh it's going to be printed uh regionally uh on hemp paper um it was another like hurdle and kind of headache logistical logistically to manage but i felt like if i was going to be a control freak on this you know you know super viscerally personal project like i'm not going to pull my punches and uh yeah i think the story is, is also about you know asking the questions of like trying to you know maybe another world is possible and maybe we could do things better in different ways or like be creative about it so i think yeah it's i think it's important for me to like think about the materials we use uh for this medium that I love so much. I think that's, like, that's an important part of like the storytelling.
2: Well, this, is, yeah. this is great. Well, thanks for coming on. And I mean, the timing is everything. This is the first ever remote podcast we've ever done. It was something that I, didn't, I had only vaguely considered. So I thank you for approaching me with the project. I'm glad to help. Yeah. And yeah, thanks everyone for watching and go, go pledge your support now. Yeah. <laughs> Anything <laughs> else, Matthew, before we uh bump out of here? Oh no man. This is great.
0: Thanks, Reed. And yeah, really looking forward to reading it all the way through on him paper for sure.
1: Yeah. Thanks y'all. Peace.